959.co.za I must tell you, you, when my colleagues in Njabulo made sure that he reached out, he was like, oh, we have Hannah tonight. And tonight, I think I'd completely forgotten. And I was like, Bitvest, <laughs> financial <laughs> services. I was, I remember her. <laughs> and I think this is the beauty of connections when you get to know yeah. people beyond their titles. And this is something that I think is so imperative because in the corporate worlds that we live in, yes, our work, our role, our function and objectives are very critical. But we forget that our most important resource is people. It is. Indeed. It's the role. It is, it's indeed. how we actually fulfill those roles that makes a difference. But I guess first things first, Hannah, there might be a few people who might not be familiar with you, but you have had quite a ride in banking and financial <laughs> services, right? From institutions like Standard Bank, heading up operations across multiple countries, primarily in Angola and many others, and now taking care of Bidvest Financial Services, which is a huge uh, role and responsibility to serve. Yeah, let me start by saying good evening to the Kaya listening listeners. Uh, really, my Hannah Sadiki, I am a girl from Midlands. I always say that. Yes. Uh, from Ndofaya, I grew up, you know, in the dusty streets of Midlands and have managed to wingle myself into the financial services and, and fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the disgust of my dad, counting other people's money was not what he dreamt about for me. Ah. Uh, and yeah, I've worked at uh, Standard Bank South Africa and ended up in Standard Bank Angola and in a region where it included Kenya, Namibia, uh, Ghana and um, yeah, it, and Nigeria. Yes. Uh, an interesting country to, 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 to be part of. And came back after COVID, back home, uh, to to work for Bidvest, mm. a, a massive uh, business that I wasn't sure when they gave me a call. <laughs> really? I was like, what do Bidvest people do? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of cleaning and industrial work and some yeah, catering and then, too. And then, and then I think I just thought, oh, it's a small bank and it's okay. And then I was told, no, actually look after Bidvest Financial Services, which is insurance businesses, mm. short-term, long-term, brokerage bank, uh, an asset book, and a immigration uh, business. In other we words, not a small bank. No. Yes. <laughs> not a small bank. Not a small bank. And really just excited to be here. Oh, fantastic. And I think this needs to be underscored, right? Because typically we uh, bemoan the fact that there aren't a large number of female CEOs leading up financial services, but you yourself are making the magic happen uh, at Bidvest Financial Services. And we know Bidvest itself as a group is also being led uh, by Mpumi Madisa as well, a phenomenal woman who has celebrated the evening we gathered. And I'm intrigued by this because, as you say, you fell in love with financial services years ago. And typically, I thought being a CA would be the top way to get to an amazing job and of course you know improve security but i'm intrigued by your story as to where the numbers and the passion for numbers came from yeah so so i mean i don't i went into banking um you know, tell my story a little bit is i came from a medical technology environment which i used to never be proud to say that and then i realized it's actually what makes me have a passion about numbers have a passion about data which yes. is today you know the 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 monetary value of today's world. Um, and so, you know, I just got tired of being in labs and talking to specimens and I thought, let me change. And, and all my friends who looked fancy were working in banks and I thought that's a fancy thing to do. Uh, but it was actually a God's plan because it then made me to be able to rise up the ranks. And you're right, everyone thinks that, you know, in banking, you have to be a CA in mm-hmm. order to get into the role and I must say, I've been, I've seen a different side of that because I'm not a CA. Uh, I love numbers. I irritate my team about numbers. And I tell them, and I'm a hustling um, 
CIO and a hustling CFO. And and, and therefore, I give them a hard time when it comes to that. I love that. Then the fire in you comes out when it comes to <laughs> the numbers. You don't play three twice. <laughs> you don't leave the township in the girl, right? <laughs> Definitely. And I'm intrigued by this because you've obviously witnessed the evolution of banking, the evolution of financial services and how it actually speaks to the needs and requirements of your clients. And especially with the client base, such as Bitface Financial Services uh, and the wide offering that you share, mm. I'm intrigued as to what you've witnessed in terms of, you know, some of the pivotal experiences and moments that have actually shaped how financial services should be delivered to clients. And again, if there's room for growth and opportunity for that to expand. Yeah. So, so Cook, I mean, I saw it from early, early times. I, I was a teller when ATMs were started in the country and I put up my hand and said, I want to be part of that. Um, mm. Uh, and I look back and I go, I've actually always put up my hand on things that people were like, is that going to work or not going to work? And not not because I thought it was a fun thing to do. I always was an explorer. I always uh, wanted to learn things and challenge and be challenged. Yes. Um, and so I've seen the evolution from a you know savings book to an ATM to being part of building Standard Bank's internet banking, wow. believe it or not, to, to therefore seeing how the digital world has come through. And if I reflect on where we are today, the, the, the realities that the generation we are dealing with today is going to do things online. And the generation, the older generation, believe it or not, I, I read a study about a bank called Hello Bank in, in Italy. Their actual clients are 42 and above. And we think only youngsters actually do digital. 42 and 42 above? 42 and above. And all they don't digital. have a branch. They don't have a branch. They have nothing. They do onboarding all the way uh, online. And so, so for me, it says... We have a primitive thing that says that it's only youngsters that mm. do. I mean, you know, if you think about the average person uses Facebook today. So yes. that means that they're becoming more digital in their own way, not necessarily in being social media, which is where I think people get it wrong. They think that social media equals digitization and it's not. Yes. It just allows you to be able to understand platforms. But digitization is ability to navigate a lot of different applications where you can actually serve yourself versus being saved 100%. and that's the the big difference so i'm seeing a lot of particularly in financial services where youngsters and old people today are going to want to sit in the in the comfort of their home and want to take on an insurance without talking to an individual hmm. and potentially talk to an individual because connection is always important mm -hmm. when they have a challenge they want that ability to go i can talk and yes, yes we can put you know, chats online for people to talk, but there is going to be a time where they want to talk to someone with an emotion. And mm. yeah, AI will have an emotion, but not the same. Mm. They will want to hear a voice. Um, so we need to be able to walk the journey with that understanding. And f I think particularly for South Africa, you know, we, we say we are, we are digital, but we're very social people. We I are. mean, the way we met, right? We, we got excited about, I got excited about you, you got excited about me. And for me, just those connections actually stay. And South Africans love that. Africans actually appreciate mm. that. We will never be a Sweden, you know, yes. where everything is digital, everything is clinical. And, and I'm not saying this wrong. It's their culture. Our culture is, is touch and feel. I find that so intriguing that you mentioned this because it was going to lead to my next question as to how you have witnessed not only what this means in terms of customer needs, but how a bank and an institution like Bitvest Financial Services has had to respond to this from a skills-based point of view as well to make sure that we leverage on technology, but also maintain uh, the, the, the needs that are required by the yeah. different markets. Because you mentioned Nigeria, Kenya, and Angola, South Africa, 
all of those markets have varying nuances when it comes to banking and financial services, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I mean, Kenya is leading the way in a lot of the in a lot of the ways of the things they've actually tested out in yes. the markets, uh, in in their market from a digital point of view, but they've also balanced it with 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 a with a human touch. Mm-hmm. Um, Nigeria the same. I mean, I don't think a lot of people understand how much online banking is in Nigeria compared to what we have. Wow. Uh, we have that. And the balance in, in this is that if I think about from what we are talking about in the bank right now is we have to make sure everything is as digital as possible whilst at the same time make sure that there's a human touch because advice is what you're now going to sell. Mm. You are never going to sell a product anymore going forward. You are now going to sell advice. How do I go about this? And yes, people will go to AI like they do with medical. They go into the medical space and go, I'm feeling this and, here, and you know, these things are happening to my body. True. But they then go to a doctor and say, how, how might I actually resolve this? And, and I think that's where we're going. How we are thinking about the skills is we need to work with our staff to appreciate the digitization, use it inside before we expect a client to use it. Yes. And to, before we expect a client to appreciate it. So it's a balance of how do you pull from outside, from a client perspective, and how do you pull your stuff at the same time to be aligned? Because mm-hmm. if you don't have that alignment inside and the change that allows our staff to be comfortable. Um, and the thing that always comes up, Kuku, is are we going to lose our jobs? You know, when we mm. build right now at the online banking, our staff were, at, uh, you know, online banking platform, our staff were asking, you know, it doesn't mean we're going to now not have jobs. And we know we repurpose you now. Yes. Now you must be out there running around looking for clients, knocking on customers, you know, uh, doors and looking for ability to actually bring them into the bank. 100%. I'm intrigued that you mentioned that because I also know that education is a very important point for you, uh, given that you... <laughs> we did our research. We tried. <laughs> and it's a passion point for you. And I think this is so critical because we often tend to see leaders like yourself and think, oh, wow, you you know, you literally just shot up from being a teller to uh, the chief executive of financial services. <laughs> oh, you know that part too. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> but help us unpack, you know, the importance of, of education and not just for yourself and what it's meant for your career, but even for the people that you lead in your various teams and how perhaps you've supported, guided, sponsored uh, and encouraged and witnessed the transition in their thinking, in their leadership and how it is that they operate effectively um, through enhanced education. You know, I must, I must thank my dad, bless his soul. As a teacher, he said, you know, if you're going to stop being a medical technologist, you better put yourself through school to go to this banking of yours, uh-huh. which I did. Um, and from then on, I felt then if I am going to grow and be better than what I my dad had thought about, I need to make sure that I keep studying. And And the point I want to really emphasize right at the beginning of this education conversation is, it's not just the formal education. It's also the informal education. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that we only look for degreed people. Whilst there is so much that a non-degreed person can also bring on the table because they can bring an entrepreneurial spirit with a hustling mind with an, an, a resilience that's high. And you then help them do informal courses that will get them there. Because yes. how are we going to balance the, you know, the equation in South Africa if we expect everybody to work in mm. with a degree? And I'm very passionate about that, that we need to have learnerships that allow people who can't go to varsity to be able to grow in the organization and help us upskill them with technical skills that you don't need a certificate at the end of the day that says it's a degree from a, a, a university. 100%. But you can create a degree within within the organization. And also, 
Um, and so some of the stuff that I've done in the last 10 years, proudly so, is I've always created a leadership program uh, of at least between 20 and, and 30 people in every year that we help them. And then those who do very, very well and actually apply themselves in the learning, we take them to the next thing. And then we eventually put them onto a degree. Beautiful. I, I mean, I like if I give you an example, in Angola, we... We went and looked for people who have a degree. They didn't have the language. We put them through the English language, 11 of them. Um, and when we were done, we actually upskilled them in just work ethic, soft skills that, that we, mm. we look for experience. Who's going to give me experience mm. if a company doesn't? So we created the experience and we, they called it Hannah's program and they still do. Oh, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> um, and then we put them in jobs. I'm proud to say every one of them in three years later are promoted into massive big jobs. Um, and, and I don't think we would have had that opportunity. And we're doing the same in Bitvest Bank right now, uh, where we have a women's program, we have a leadership program. It's called Mamullo, uh, which is Ignite Your Fire Inside Stunning. of You. Yes. Um, and then there's a, you know, a leadership program where we give people both technical and soft skills, which is the hardest skills, by the way, the soft skills, um, to make sure that we create that education that is not necessarily sitting at a university, but also inside. And, and you know, just the other day, I got, we got asked at one of our staff uh, in Bizo, you know, are we all going to get jobs? Our intention is we need to be, employ, be able to employ everybody and still create learn, less, less learnerships wow. to, go, to go forward. So I'm a, I'm a diehard of programs and programs we work inside that give people experience. And, uh, and not just we need to teach you banking. So right mm. now we have graduates who come psychologists they're in the bank mm. because they'll help us with client experience mm. we have data analysts we have data scientists we have um finance we have like learning and development because they will help them to you know when they've had the experience to create a better learning and experience right. so be innovative because how am i at my age going to make sure that the youngster who's 24 today comes out of our city and wants to do the learnership and i still do it the way i was taught mm. and and i was given those opportunities of of, I, I was fast-tracked quite a bit by my managers, by my mentors. Um, and so I feel my giving back is to make sure that in the position that I have, where I have a decision-making, I give back in that way. Hannah, my, I'm, I'm smiling as I look at you because I can see the passion as you're describing the story. And it sounds like such a beautiful legacy to come out of the pandemic, given that you're saying that these programs were implemented three years ago during a very difficult time for many, uh, really the globe. Uh, and the fact that as a leader in corporate South Africa, instead of uh, the common narrative that is typically mentioned, that uh, there's a criticism towards government, towards educational institutions, you're actually being part of the solution by saying, look, this is how we are helping. This is how we're making it sustainable for our own. Uh, staff, but most importantly, individuals who go on to contribute to economies across the continent and yeah. the world. Yeah. If you've just joined us, it's 20 minutes after 7 o'clock. We are in a beautiful conversation with Hannah Siddiqui. She's the Chief Executive Officer for Bidvest Financial Services. If you don't know them just yet, where have you been? Covering a wide scope. And uh, typically we bemoan the fact that there's a lack of female leadership in banking and financial services. But here is one amazing woman who's taking care of uh, trade flow, master currency, Bidvest insurance, so wealth and <laughs> employee benefits, banking. Uh, there's a lot that's going on and essentially taking care 
of the myriad of clients that fall under this particular aspect. As you might have heard, she's come from Middlelands to uh, Middlesex University in the US, <laughs> Stellenbosch University as well, among uh, many other institutions, and is uh, really sharing some of her pivotal lessons and experiences with us. Uh, and I, I do want to perhaps personalize the conversation now slightly, <laughs> as you've told us about your passion for people, for education, for upskilling individuals, and of course, making sure that we pay it forward. What I admire about the work that you do is that you have a global mind. And I say this because typically South Africans are very nuanced as to focusing purely on the primary market. And given that you have local relevance, you compete across the continent, but yet you have a global mind and global thinking. How has that contributed to your growth and how do you pass that on to those that you work with? You know, Gugu, I, I think that as, and, and I'm, I mean, I think it's a, it's a general statement, really. Up until I went to Angola, I really thought that we have it all, we know it all, mm. and no one can tell us, you know. I arrived in Angola, what I learned in Angola around a very, I mean, third world. I arrived in a bank that didn't have banking, app, and, and, and. But there was a lot of people who came from Portugal who were starting to work on this. And I found the, that there was an opportunity for me to interact with the different banks because mm-hmm. uh, it was, you know, it was quite a, um, yeah, a challenging environment in that I walked into a, a, a financial sector that we are competing, so we can't be talking to each other. Ah. And I walked in, and I'm like, I'm the only one, woman, so I'm going to talk to all of you, and we are going to help each other because we need to make Angola work. Um, and that has given me quite a lot of, of wide spectrum. And I think as South Africans, we must, we must understand that there's a bigger world out there. Mm. And, and in the continent, there's even a much bigger world. Uh, and so that's, that, I think that's quite important. And I, I talk to our teams about, we can learn from somebody who's in Kenya who's actually solved something that we haven't solved here. And that's how it's really served us in, in the work that we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just launched a, a, a remittance called Bit, Bitsend and we're the only bank that has done it on WhatsApp. Wow. Because we spoke to a Kenyan, we spoke to a German who said, if and, and a Chinese who said, if I want to send money, I want it easy. I don't want a remittance that goes through mm. a whole lot of apps. And we said, we'll do it on WhatsApp. And we're doing it on WhatsApp. So that ability of that, always thinking about we as a world, we are smaller than we think because we are so connected. In South Africa, we have a privilege of having people from all over the world. Right. How do we interact with them to just understand what is the real need? Mm. Because it is in that that you can differentiate yourself. And, and, and we're not where we would like to be. Yeah. I'm not where I would like to be, but I keep pushing our team to say, can we stop thinking we can do the way, things the way we've done them in banking? Can we read up on other things? They know I go on LinkedIn on Sunday afternoons and I'm sure my ex go when I he- hear me say this on public platform like this will be like, yeah, they don't understand. <laughs> I'm always sending things. I'll go and Google things and I go, there's a fleet thing out there that is like so dope. Guys, can we look at this? Right. So, so I am that, uh, yeah. You I share like, the messaging, I like, I like disseminating That research I spoke about, I like reading things. I just think about a word and I go, fleet, yeah, let's read about fleet on LinkedIn today and look for articles. And, oh. and then I just send to the teams. And I think it brings that globe home yeah. in, in a way. 100%. And so it served me and then I think it's serving our teams.
100%. And I think that's so critical, right, in terms of ongoing research and development within your uh, career and also sharing those ideas that you spark, ideas that yeah. you can actually brainstorm as a team uh, in terms of leadership going forward. I typically don't like asking this next question, but I do think it's still critical <laughs> as you look away and smile. But it's about women in leadership. Yeah. Um, and typically our male counterparts, you know, the assumption and the reality is also that they do have it easy. But you are black woman heading up financial services for an entity that is listed on the JSC. Yeah. Very big. How have you navigated the dynamics of leadership, uh, especially within the realms, not only of South Africa, but across the continent? And how best do we make sure that the gender agenda is one that is open to all genders to offer support? Maybe I need to start with the fact that I, I was blessed. I, I grew up in a home, as I say, my, te- my dad was a teacher. You know, principals become principals in the home. They don't become fathers. And, I, and I, I did say this to my father when I was old enough and brave enough to say this, um, that he was more a principal than he was my father. <laughs> um, he, he harmed it in us that we could be what we wanted to be. Um, you know, when my brother was sent to go do karate, I wasn't interested. My younger sister did. And then because I was naughty, they sent me so that I don't clap other children. I get the okay. discipline. Um, I'm tempted to ask what color your belt was, but I ended up with brown. But oh, well that's done. Not, <laughs> um, and so, so that perspective of just open your mind. I mean, doing medical technology was unheard of in mm. a lot of in a lot of us. When lot in in class, um, and so that became, I, I'm saying, unfortunate because it became the grounding. So I've never looked at my brother as you are the man. You are. We all cooked. We all had to cook. We all had to clean the stoop. Mm. Um, so getting into the working environment was a little bit of a shock for me, uh, to be honest, in that my family didn't operate like that. Got you. And, um, but I had to face that reality because it is there and it's, it was real, especially when I started working. I mean, I was started working in 1985. That's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Far from it. Um, and how did I navigate is to never forget that I'm good enough and there were times where i really would question myself there were times where i thought it's supposed to be a man's thing and not mine um and so you know i surrounded myself though with a lot of people in those days during apartheid my friends were all jewish not even ashamed to say that and it was strategic for me Mm -hmm. it was they will teach me how they can be so flippant about life because I, di- I saw it as flippant mm. but it was because they didn't care that you are male or female get the, the job everybody done. just getting the job done yeah and it it really did help but as you go higher in the ranks it becomes even more difficult um you know because then you are looked at i've had comments like you speak loud you speak with your hands it's intimidating and I'll be like, but I thought my voice is the power that God has given me. And then my hands, and then you fall, then you then don't become yourself. Mm. So it is then constant, constantly being coached and mentored around people going and speaking to people around me who are in senior levels to say, how do I, how do I manage this? Because I don't feel like myself anymore and helping me get there. Um, the one thing that I say to everyone and more, more women is work hard because mm. nobody can take away what you've delivered nobody no, nobody can hide your good work work hard because they can't hide it from you and make sure you upskill yourself make sure you continuously learn 
and make sure that you understand your goals in alignment to the company goals. Because mm. if it's not aligned, us as women, I'm sorry, Baba, we, it's quite easy for us to show when it's not aligned. Oh, true. Because it sits inside yeah. of you, right? So if the company values and the goals are not aligned, you cannot drag yourself there. So you don't become yourself. You'll always be this difficult person. Whilst if it's aligned, you go in. I, I've, I've mentored people who have said, leave this company. When people ask me to mentor and it's a boss asking me, I go, are you ready for what could come up? Because I may be saying they must leave you. I may be saying they must start their own business because they're a better entrepreneur mm. than be working as an, as you know, as for for a company. I'm I I love entrepreneurial work. I enjoy having businesses on the side, mm-hmm. but I'm a corporate animal, and it serves my purpose because I love love growing people, and this space allows me to do that. While someone else would be better off without a boss mm. because they are better off being their own boss. So it's be yourself, know yourself, and just keep doing it. And as, you know, obstacles get in the way, don't leave your head, your head in the sand. That's important. Yeah. Let's cry. We are supposed to be emotional. Allow ourselves to go, I'm sad. I don't understand why Sandile looked at me like that. Mm. I don't understand why he's not giving me a chance. But dust yourself tomorrow and go in and go, actually, Sandile, can we just talk? Hannah Sadiki, these words are landing on ears that need to hear them. Thank you kindly for your time this evening. I could talk to you for hours on end. And I'm hoping that our listeners actually see why I, I just adore and respect your work and you as an individual. You've come here tonight uh, bringing your authenticity, your truth. You've been very open about your experiences and more so you have shown such an open willingness to pass it forward, which I think is something that is commendable in leadership in South Africa. And this is reflective of the kind of leadership that we need right across the board, Absolutely. regardless of gender. I wish you the greatest success and many more years of influence within the spaces that you serve. Thank you so much for your time thank this you evening. Thank you so, so much. And thanks to you and the Kaya listeners. And if you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.